10, 5, he's into the end zone, touchdown Arkansas State. Deflected into the hands of Feltz, Avery for three, hits, cover is safe, the Red Wolves have walked it off. Welcome to the Second to None Podcast, the A-State Podcast, presented by Simmons Bank. Now, here's a couple of guys who know the Red Wolves like no one else, Matt Stoltz and Brad Bobo. We're recording this on Memorial Day, which means... We've got the whole radio station to ourselves, and that is one good thing. <laughs> the bad part of that is the fact that, you know, it's kind of hard to get a guest in studio on Memorial Day. And I will tell you this we are committed over the course of the summer to getting some really, really good interviews in here. And we've had a couple of fantastic interviews the last couple of weeks. Really enjoyed the one. With Corey Rucker last week, and appreciate him being as candid as he was, and love the fact that he's back here at Arkansas State. Paulina Meyer the week before that, and great to see what she did in Sacramento this weekend. We'll talk about that coming up a little bit later on, but thought it might be a good opportunity for us to kind of recap what happened last week in Central Arkansas. So a lot of times, especially with football related, Jerry Scott will ever so often line up a guest so we you know we reached out to jerry and said uh, man gosh you we're gonna go ahead and still knock this thing out on memorial day is there anybody around you think you could, could maybe hop in and be a guest in this thing and he said well i don't know of anybody but if you guys like he said i can come up and do it and i said well you don't always have to have a guest well we're not a guest every now and again <laughs> we haven't dark. gone into full-blown desperation mode yet <laughs> we actually do need to get jerry in here to do a podcast at some point now it was fun, you know, this past Tuesday, we got in the car together and went down to the Hal on Wheels event at the system office in Little Rock. Now, I had been down there the night before in Bryant on Monday at the Copper Mule Table and Top, and that was a great setting to have a neat little room for us to have the event. It's cool walking in, you know, you got Dr. Welch there and Shane Broadway, who's basically running the show if we're in Saline County. And he mm-hmm. knows everybody. He is the ambassador for Arkansas State in central Arkansas, the biggest ambassador. Neat to have that event kind of get it started, but we'll kind of fast forward to Tuesday because you were there. Jerry Scott was there. Peyton Burr hopped in the car with us as well. We all went down and went to the top floor of the system office in Little Rock and Look, that was my first time to be up there on that top floor. What a cool place to hold that event. And it actually was mine, too. I mean, when I tell you this, there's no exaggeration. It is directly across the street and in front of the Arkansas State Capitol. I mean, there's nothing between the ASU system office and the state capitol besides the street. There was a really cool shot of Jeff Purinton, Dr. Shields, Coach Hodson, Coach Dez, and Coach Jones, mm-hmm. and the Capitals right there in the background. And when, when, I thought that was perfect. Like when you're saying you're standing there, you know, it's got a balcony that runs along it, and that's where they went out and took the picture. But I mean, you, you're, when you're standing up there, too, you can see the river off just to the right of the yeah. Capitol. I would not trade. My view of just looking out my window and seeing... You've got a really good view. Allison Field and Centennial Bank Stadium, but it it ain't bad. I mean, it's uh, you could do a whole lot worse than the view in that system office. Get off the elevator, and right there is a big portrait of Dr. Welch on the wall. <laughs> yes. Much like walking into your office. Yeah, and if you scrape, if you scrape the panel fluid, you still see the numbers underneath it. So, 
<laughs> or somebody had the paint by numbers sketch of Dr. Welch and it's actually oh. a really nice portrait and Fo- big you know photos of the board of trustees you could see Jerry Morgan's handsome mug greeting you into the building as well actually had a couple of the trustees there at the event the other night I know Price Gardner and Christy Clark were both on hand during the event look it was just a, a really neat setup I actually had a, a couple of members of the Central Arkansas media there. I know Steve Sullivan was there, Wes Moore. They were doing interviews with yeah, you know, some a lot of the featured of media, guests. Honestly. So our buddy Luke Matheson down there, yeah. Jeff Reed. Uh, Mitchell Gladstone from the Democrat yeah. Gazette. So obviously you go to go to the fans, right? And and bring our coaches and administrators to the fans, but in essence, in Little Rock, you're bringing them to the media as well. So a lot of coverage out of that. So overall, you had just a, a really, really uh, successful two nights. I know uh, our friend Rocky Wilson at Textbook Brokers was set up both nights, and he, he said those people in Bryant were buying Red Wolf stuff left and right. Well, it's neat to make that trip down to central Arkansas and, and be in a couple of big rooms with everybody wearing scarlet and black. And you've always mentioned it. It's been something that you've talked about many times over the years. Outside of Craighead and Greene Counties, the biggest population of Arkansas State fans is in Pulaski County. Yeah, it's it's next after those two. So really, yeah, Northeast Arkansas and then the, the next biggest pocket, yeah, Central Arkansas. So it makes all the sense in the world to get down there when you can. And, you know, first time really probably post-pandemic that there's been a caravan, so fun couple of nights yeah first time since 2019 and jeff purinton and dr todd shields took the stage together at these events and that's one of the things they talked about just how important it was to start up the caravans again it's you know the first time in four years it's happened first time post-covid that it's happened with the caravans they talked about their relationship and how it is a very good relationship. The communication that they've tried to have with the fan base, I think, was a big talking point with them. And you know, one thing that kind of stood out to me both nights was the fact that you look at those five people on stage, Dr. Shields, Jeff Purinton, Destiny Rogers, Brian Hodson, and Coach Jones. The longest tenured person up there is Butch Jones, <laughs> yeah. and he's going into year three. Look, I, I know it's a lot of new faces, but it's new faces that have instilled a lot of energy all of a sudden obviously a whole lot of schools do you know spring caravans that's pretty commonplace i would be willing to kind of look around and see whose caravan uh, rolls into a town with the chancellor the ad the head football coach the head men's basketball coach and the head women's basketball coach that's pretty much the heavy hitters. The number of those caravans i don't think are going to be, be nearly as high no but I think it's great that our chancellor cares enough to go out and, and be a part of these. And the fact that he and Jeff Purinton are up there united together on stage, I think, stands out as well. Destiny Rogers took the stage, and you know she obviously talked about her success in recruiting this past offseason. We've talked about it here. It's been very successful over the last couple of months. She talked about home games the non-conference home games coming up this year with both Arkansas and Little Rock and I I thought it was really neat on Tuesday the fact that she had her family there at one of the tables she filled up a whole table with her family including one of her top recruits and her sister Winter she was there and also 
at the table was a current player in Lauren Pendleton. Yeah, plus Winter's not the last of the basketball playing Rogers sisters. No, she's not. And the remaining one of those was there too, uh, with her parents. So yeah, that table full LA there, you know, Lauren's you know, interning uh, in one of the TV stations in town and doing good stuff there. So, yeah, uh, women's basketball was really well represented in Little Rock. Really cool. Both nights, just seeing current players. Usually you think of these events and you think, okay, well, alums will be there. We'll have various fans from uh, across the state. But the fact that current players cared enough to show up, like a Lauren Pendleton, and then you know, going back to Monday night in Bryant, we had Walker Davis, who's from Benton, one of our new offensive linemen. He was there. Jared Toller, one of our current baseball players, was there. And then at the event Tuesday in Little Rock, Darby Stotts, one of our soccer players, was there as well. Neat to see uh, that kind of turnout. And then former players were also there, Taylor Stockhammer. Yep. Tommy Walker, I know he was there, one of the old Warriors. And of course, he asked a question to Coach Jones about the offensive line. <laughs> yeah. Tim Langford. Tim Langford was there. Yeah, he's a pretty big-time former player. And then, you know, former basketball player, Micah Marsh, was there with his family as well. A lot of – oh, Philip Butterfield was there, quitter. And his – Another former athlete, the that's athlete right. of the Butterfield family, well, Brittany, was there. that's right. We'll mention Philip because he brought Brittany, redeeming himself. I still say Brittany is the only player, and uh, we mentioned this the other night too, the only player I've ever known of, and this is what, when she finished at high school at BIC, I swear, they put her jersey in the rafters. It was still sweaty. It was just like, <laughs> this is like the last game ended. Just give us that. They ran it up there. It's the quickest number of retirement you've ever seen. Well, great to see the Butterfields. Kind of takes us into men's basketball. I thought Brian Hodson was really cool in that setting. He he was, I think, very endearing to the fans. The fact that he got up there and talked very candidly about the recruiting process. And I think he was very candid of, about the fact that, hey, it's been a great recruiting class. But I guess the only bad thing about it was, these teams that were saying they were going to play us early on aren't quite as willing now after bringing in guys like Freddie Hicks and Darian Ford, in addition to the other recruits that uh, had already come in. So since we have time today, let's take a little detour right here mm -hmm. at men's basketball scheduling. Because I've always maintained it. I, in my experience, seeing it done and being near it, to me, it's the most difficult sport to schedule and i'm not sure what would even be second for a school like arkansas state because there's there's such a narrow little sweet spot in your ability to get home games and it kind of bleeds into something that the conference has been talking about see at one point i mean they were letting these teams play especially you know maybe the number bumped up during the pandemic where they could play you know three or four non-division one teams now a lot of people think that was put in place so coaches could go stack up wins. It was really put in place so coaches could go get home games mm -hmm. because there was a time where you couldn't get anybody to come to you. Now, did coaches also take the opportunity to stack up some wins? Yes, but that wasn't the intent of why they were given that number to guys because it's hard to get home games if you're a place like Arkansas State or really anybody in the Sun Belt. Go look at anybody in the Sun Belt's schedule in men's basketball. They're not getting a lot of marquee home games. Right. Now, at the conference meetings this spring, I think that got addressed and that number got knocked down to two effective immediately in terms of the number of 91s you can play. 
mm-hmm. because Keith Gill had come from a very good basketball league, and when he was brought in, a lot of the talk was about boosting men's basketball in the Sun Belt. It was. And everybody playing three or four non-D1s makes that more difficult. And so I, I think we've seen strides in men's basketball in the Sun Belt this past season. So I think that will continue. Fewer non-D1s on the schedule. Brian Hodson's made it clear he's not a big non-D1 guy. I think he's going to play one. I think ideally he would play one in his home opener, and that's it. But to your point, he had some games he thought he had, and then word got out about the job they're doing in the transfer portal, and all of a sudden people kind of lost his phone number or contracts got <laughs> lost in the mail, and by that I mean they're just not getting signed. Yeah, and I guess that makes sense when you look at some of the guys that have come in. That's one thing he talked about. Talked about Darian Ford and him coming in and what an impact that's going to have. And Freddie Hicks, uh, another recruitment story he told. He said when he came on campus, obviously, you know, there was uh, a lot of interest there because of his father playing on the 99 team that went to the NCAA tournament. But, you know, Arkansas was also in on Freddie Hicks. And apparently, Eric Musselman decided to text Freddie about every 15 minutes when he was on his trip here. And still, Freddie decided to come to Arkansas State. So, I think that... By the uh, way, Brian Hodson will not shy away from telling a story like that. (laughs) Which was uh, extremely refreshing. And (laughs) I think the the fans certainly appreciated that as well. And, you know, we talk about teams not scheduling the Red Wolves and you know he did mention Monday night in Bryant that Arkansas will probably not be on the schedule this year not for a lack of effort yeah it really is to kind of go back to it again there's (laughs) if you're not very good nobody wants to play because you you know or especially they're not going to talk about coming to your place because even they came to your place and beat you there's no benefit to it then you get too good they don't want to play you and they only want you coming to their place because it's not worth the risk of you coming in a beat so i mean there's like there is a certain amount of damned if you do damned if you don't as a mid-major when it comes to men's basketball scheduling it is fun again we're sitting here going into June, talking about men's hoops, and it seems like we're talking about something different every week. When Brian Hodson goes into Central Arkansas and talks the way he has been, it's just going to get the fan base fired up that much more, and that's a good thing. Coach Butch Jones also got on stage the other night. You know, he talked about the excitement going into year three, and look, year three has been the year at all of his other stops where he's turn things around, whether it be Central Michigan, Cincinnati, Tennessee. That seems to be the turning point. You felt it when we talked to Corey Rucker last week. He feels like this program's in the right place. The culture's there. And he talked about, obviously, going into year three. But Coach Jones also got into other topics like the quarterback situation and J.T. Shrout. You know, he's excited about J.T. coming in. He's going to make a big difference. He also did take time to brag about the play of the other two quarterbacks in Jackson Daly and Jalen Rayner. And it was kind of neat last week with Corey Rucker when he talked about Jalen Rayner, his eyes kind of lit up. Yeah. And plus, you know, Coach Jones told me the story, and I think he told it it speaking too in Little Rock that these players are out, you know, right now away from Jonesboro for a while. He knows Eddie Smith is down in Miami at Jalen Waddle's house. And the next text he gets the next day from Eddie Smith, he's having breakfast at Jalen Rayner's house in North Carolina. Just making a, a Jalen tour. Waddle to Rayner. And so 
that was cool. And I also thought it was neat because I felt like you know these two caravan stops were probably the first time Coach Jones could really talk publicly about J.T. Shroud. Everybody knew about it, but it wasn't always something he could talk yeah. about. And the pesky thing about those grad transfers is that they have to be grads first before you can get them here. And that seems like it's been squared away in Boulder. And I know the staff and, and everybody's excited about on and off the field what J.T. Shrout brings to the table. Again, it's been fun with the first couple of caravan stops, but the Howl on Wheels tour will continue later on in the week, making a trip to northwest Arkansas. We'll talk about that a little bit later on, but coming up next, we'll talk about what happened in the world of A-State track and field last week at the NCAA Regionals. Stay tuned for that. When we play today, we win something bigger than ribbons or trophies. We win our tomorrows. Wherever we play... Wherever we fight, wherever we overcome odds, we're winning our way. Simmons Bank is committed to supporting women athletes in the communities we serve and are proud to be an official sponsor of A-State Women's Athletics. Not just for a season, but for a winning future. Seasons are short, but fierce is forever. Simmons Bank, member FDIC. Pretty cool that 16 different athletes from the... A-State outdoor track and field teams made the trip all the way out to Sacramento last week for the NCAA Regionals. Four of those athletes will be making their way to the Nationals coming up June 7th through the 10th in Austin. I don't think there's any coincidence that two of the four that are going are former guests of this very podcast. Yes, You'd think that they'll be lining up, wanting to get in on this deal. Paulina Meyer breaks her own school record, sets a new Sunbelt Conference record in the 3,000-meter steeplechase. So she's heading to Austin and couldn't be happier for her. When you talk about breaking these records, it wasn't like clipping them. Like she broke a record by 25 seconds. Good gosh. (laughs) That's, That's an awful lot. We know she's been training hard. When she was in here two weeks ago for the podcast... But she took off right after, and she was going to go on a 13-mile run that afternoon. And she says it like it's just nothing, Mm -hmm. but that was her afternoon that day. And happy for her. Bradley Jelmert turned in the third-highest pole vault in school history. That qualifies him for nationals. And when you think about the great pole vaulters at Arkansas State and him having the third-highest, that makes sense that it qualifies for nationals. Yeah, I mean, you're up there amongst Olympians, Olympic medalists, world record holders at one point. If you're up there at the top of the pole vault charts at Arkansas State, that's pretty tall cotton. Imar Palmasimo finishes 10th in the hammer throw. He qualifies for nationals. And then Cameron Newton-Smith, she had already qualified for the heptathlon. They don't do the heptathlon at regionals, but what she did at the Sunbelt Conference Championships at Myrtle Beach, what was it, the fifth best heptathlon score in the nation yes. this year. Cameron going to nationals as well. She's the other former guest of this podcast and couldn't be happier for her. And those four individuals heading to Austin, they'll compete June 7th through the 10th. And we're going to take another time out. When we come back, we'll wrap things up here on the Second to None podcast presented by Simmons Bank. Your first home is like this dream. The day you walk in, the sun seems to shine more brightly. The ceilings, they just seem taller. And you'll never fix that creaky floorboard because it sounds like comfort. What a hug would sound like if it made a sound. 
And that's when you realize you're home. Really, really home. Realize your dream with a home loan from Simmons Bank. Dreams realized. SimmonsBank.com. Member FDIC equal housing lender subject to credit approval. Two more Howl on Wheels stops coming up. And the one this week will be in Northwest Arkansas, going up to Fayetteville on uh, June the 1st. Doors open at 5.30. Program begins at 6 for all of our Northwest Arkansas fans. That program will be at the Centennial Bank location at 1400 East Joyce. And then the uh, final stop of the Hal on Wheels tour will be on Tuesday, June 6th at the uh, Bass Pro Shops at the Pyramid in Memphis. Memphis, the Mississippi River Terrace, I believe, okay. is the name of the area for this stop. I think that would be a cool one. Looking forward to that. Because, I mean, I think at that point, you know, hopefully pulling from, you know, alums in Memphis and West Tennessee, but also, you know, right just across the river in, in Arkansas, Marion and West Memphis, hopefully folks will come over. and Heck, uh, quite honestly, you know, people in Northeast Arkansas and Jonesboro will drive over just to kind of double up, get in the Bass Pro Shop and – Check out the caravan all in one swoop. Some other news. The uh, Sunbelt Conference getting four baseball teams into the NCAA tournament. Yeah, we can sit here and tell you all day long how tough the league is, but I think that's further proof just how good Sunbelt Conference baseball is. But Coastal Carolina actually hosting a regional. Southern Miss won the Sunbelt Conference tournament on Sunday. They're in. The Raging Cajuns able to make it in, yeah. and I think they earned their spot too. on Saturday because they had to beat Coastal Carolina twice Saturday to reach the championship game. And you know, D1 baseball, pretty plugged in, right? I mean, they, that's one of them, not the most trusted sources. When they put their last round of projections out late Sunday night, the Cajuns were one of the first four teams out. So that's how kind of close they were. So, I mean, I think to say... What you said is exactly right. They played their way in and just got in there on Saturday. And I'm glad of it because, quite honestly, last year the Sun Belt had four teams and a host. And so to think that you could add the teams that the conference added since last year and that number go down didn't make a whole lot of sense. So I'm glad to see it hold at four teams and, and a regional host representing the Sun Belt in regional play. Yeah, Troy also making – the NCAA tournament. And look, I know it would have been great to be in Montgomery last week for the conference tournament, but all 10 teams that made it had an RPI in the top 100. So very impressive yeah. what uh, the Sun Belt was able to pull off. It's a power league in baseball. Don't think anything otherwise. It is a power league in baseball, and it showed again with uh, the way it's represented in the postseason. I got to do something pretty neat over the weekend. My daughter and I went to Norman, Oklahoma. We decided to go to a Super Regional, and she's a softball player. She keeps up with some of the big teams, and this is the place she wanted to go. So we went to the Super Regionals to watch Oklahoma and Clemson. And I got to tell you, and and I hope one day we have – softball at arkansas state it is such a great sport college softball is fantastic but such a neat atmosphere and to see history that was oklahoma's 48th consecutive win broke the national record for longest win streak with the win on saturday comeback win right yeah oklahoma was down seven to four they hadn't given up five runs in a game all season long (laughs) that's how dominant that program is but they ended up getting down seven to four with two outs 
in the last inning in the seventh. And they had a three-run home run on a two-strike count to tie it up. And then they end up hitting a go-ahead home run in the ninth and and hold on to win eight to seven. But just a phenomenal game. It was the last game in the history of their stadium. I mentioned that, too, because for those folks that are thinking about taking that trip here in a couple of months – cool place to kind of visit it's a beautiful campus if you're planning to go to the football season opener that first weekend of september i recommend you go around campus but they've got that heisman park area too they had just put up here in the last couple of weeks the statue of kyler murray but every heisman winner and there's been a bunch of them at oklahoma they've got their own statue right outside the football stadium so we kind of took a tour of that the other day Yeah, we made it in about six and a half hours. So there's a lot longer drives to go to Sunbelt games than making that trip to Norman. It'd be fantastic to have a lot of people there for that season open. I mean, right, that will make it the second closest road game of the year coming up in football. But since we go to Monroe. (laughs) We go to Monroe, so yes. Memphis comes to us this year. Memphis is here, Southern Miss is here, so yeah. They'll use the second closest road game of the season. I was getting texts from uh, Chuck Welch the other day. And you know, after we had left Norman, he had seen that we were there. And, you know, his daughter, Wheatley, has mm-hmm. been going to school there. And he talked about just how much he loves to visit Norman as well. So that will be a fun trip for, for our fans coming up that first weekend of September to start football season. We really enjoyed it. What else is going on? Anything else we need to talk about before we get out of here? Well, I'll tell you, and and I might tell the story and it might not be funny, but it was funny when you saw it live. Okay. Uh, we had a very chill holiday weekend in my house. And at one point, my wife sometimes just, she likes to play cards. And there's this, a rummy variation that, you know, they always claim, everybody's family claims to have made up a game. Well, this is the, we play the one they made up. And as after it, then she just wanted to start dealing hands of Texas Hold'em. Look, we've done this a lot of times and gotten chips out and everything because I taught her how to play. And this time, we was just kind of messing around, dealing the hands and pretty much run everything out and see who wins. Well, she got up one point and went to the restroom. Uh, just to be goofy, I, while she was gone, set the deck up to where when we played this hand and you played this hand of hold them out, she was going to have four kings and I was going to have four aces. And I rigged the cards where it would turn out accordingly. <laughs> Because it just, again, there was nothing up with no stakes. It was just being goofy. Yeah. And so we deal the two whole cards, and she looks so, I know she's got kings. And so the flop, you know, the next three cards that come out were like, I think, I, matter of fact, I think it went king, ace, king, to where she already had her four kings. And in my cards at the time were a full house. And to her credit, like she had, yeah, she had not, even though there were no chips, she had done a good job of slow playing a monster hand. She didn't just. Oh, all in, you know, she played it cool. And again, this was just for fun, right? Until she opens her mouth and as you know, spouses do sometimes, she wanted to bet a back rub on this hand. She said that. I was just sitting there, but I had not said a word. And she decided, oh, she knew she looked at her card, she had four kings and said, I'll I'll bet I'll bet you a back rub, I win this hand. I said, What the heck? Okay. I knew I won. I stacked the deck. Sure. So I won. And uh-huh. she couldn't believe it. it was unbelievable. She couldn't believe how it played out. I mean, it turned, lo and behold, I had four aces. Did you get your back I, I absolutely did. <laughs> when did you tell her you stacked the deck? The next morning. <laughs> <laughs> Something came up. Because it's just like, I just said, you know, that hand last night. 
and the thing about this, by this, I got that point, I started laughing so hard I couldn't even, I could almost not talk. It was rigged. She said, what? And I said, you know, yeah, it was rigged. I had it set up to where you were going to get four kings and I was going to get four aces. And her reaction? Well, the thing about this is like she really couldn't have a reaction because she knew she had ran her own mouth and got herself in that own situation all by herself. Because I didn't, it's not like I knew I was going to win and said, hey, let's bet something on it. She did it on her own. She started mouthing about a hand I one million percent knew she was going to lose because I had rigged it. <laughs> so there is a lesson to be uh, learned there. Yeah, never play cards with you. <laughs> <laughs> hey, uh, we hope everybody had a great Memorial Day weekend. We appreciate you joining us as always. Who knows who's going to be in the studio with us next week for our next edition of the Second to None podcast presented by Simmons Bank.